Hi, welcome to The Gathering Podcast. The Gathering is the young adult service that meets at Cottonwood Creek Church in Allen, Texas on Monday nights. You can connect with us by texting GATHERING to 77978. That's GATHERING to 77978. We hope you enjoy today's message. We get started here. Um, first off, uh, it is good to see you guys again. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Sloan, um, and I was away last week on our men's ski retreat, and so a couple of us uh, got to go with the rest of the men uh, at Cottonwood Creek and just get away for a few days and look at some uh, slopes, ski some, uh, make a lot of uh, fun memories and laugh a lot, and so I want to encourage you guys uh, to make plans to join us next year, ladies, sorry. Um, there's stuff for y'all too, I promise. Um, but, uh, so we are continuing tonight in a series called Foundation. What we've been doing over the past couple weeks is looking at just some of the foundational beliefs for us as Christians. And so last week, uh, Leon Lombard came in and did a phenomenal job. Uh, I got to listen to a recording we did of him and just super thankful that he uh, got to fill in for us this past week. And I am glad to be back. And so tonight, the question we're going to be looking at is how do I love others? Specifically, how do I love a stranger? And so Leon unpacked this great last week of discussing that for us to love the Lord, it comes through a knowledge of God that then fuels into us loving other people. And that's the uh, produce, if you would, of how we love God is loving others. And what we want to look at tonight is specifically, what does it look like to love a stranger? And we're going to look at a familiar passage if You have any background in church, and really, even if you don't have a background in church, you've probably heard a version of this story before, but we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. I just want to set the scene for us, and Luke says this in his gospel. Behold, a lawyer stood up to put him, being Jesus, to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And the lawyer answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But he, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? So the story that we get kind of set before us is Jesus is doing Jesus stuff of healing people and teaching people and building the kingdom of God. And this lawyer comes up to him and we see that phrase put to the test. And it really depends. Sometimes you see Pharisees coming up to Jesus to try to trick him. Some are asking genuine questions. In this particular one, what we see is it's a genuine question of, hey, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, this is what you have to do. But then what we see is this lawyer doing, if we would be honest, what we oftentimes do, of we get the answer uh, from the Lord, and we're like, I really don't like that. Um, Can I like kind of, can I kind of jump around what you're asking? So the lawyer trying to justify himself goes, well, you know, who is my neighbor? Because is it the person who lives next door to me? Is it the guy down the street? Can I skip a couple houses? Because there's some guys in there that uh, we grew up together in the temple and they and I aren't super cool. Can I like skip them? Um, for me, there was a couple kids uh, in grade school that just, they were weird guys and uh, I didn't want to love them so well. And I'm sure that none of you have ever experienced that because we all live perfect lives with perfect coworkers and no one ever gets frustrated at our coworkers or our family. Um, 
And if you do, please teach me how y'all do that because y'all are way better than me. But what we often find is we like to make that excuse, right, of love your neighbor, I know that, but can I skip fill in the blank? Like when I said that, there was someone who came to mind and you're like, that is someone if I could like do everything else and not love that person, I would be set, right? That may just be me being too honest, but at least for me, I know there's like a couple people that I'm like, if I could not have to love those people, life would be a little easier, a little bit better. But what we find is Jesus getting to the heart of the matter, right? So the lawyer asks, who is my neighbor? And here's the story that Jesus jumps into. Real quick, anybody heard the parable of the Good Samaritan already? Okay, some of us. I'm going to like give the Sloan translation a little bit just to not sit and stare at my Bible as I read to you guys. So here's how the story plays out is what Jesus answers him. He says, there was a man who was coming from Jerusalem to Jericho. And to let you guys know, um, that path is not one you like want to take by yourself. It's like hanging out in Denton at like three o'clock at night off the square. You're like, hey, don't do that. Um, if you have not hanged out on Denton after 3 a.m. on the square, that's not an experience. You just, just take my word and say, let's not do that. But that's essentially this path this guy's taking by himself going from Jerusalem to Jericho. It was known for being the creepy part of town after hours. So this guy's going down this path and he gets jumped by a set of robbers who beat him, rob him, strip him down, and then leave him bleeding and dying in the dirt right there on the road. And so during that time, then there's a priest that's coming from Jerusalem and is heading down the path. And he sees this man lying in the dirt, spots him, and heads to the other side of the road and carries on his way. And then a little while later, a Levite also begins making his way down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And on the same road, spots this man lying in the dirt. And just like the priest, he heads over to the other side of the road. But then a Samaritan shows up. And Samaria, what you need to know is, if any Harry Potter fans are in the room, you'll get this. Samaritans are like half-bloods. They're not... uh, They're like Jews who married in with Gentiles, and there was this race of Samaritans. And what you need to know is Jews hated Samaritans because their ancestors were disobedient Jews who had intermarried. And so the Samaritan comes down the road, also coming from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he sees this man bleeding and dying in the road. And the phrase that Scripture would use is he had compassion for him. His heart went out to him. And so then he comes to the traveler, not thinking about the circumstances or what it might cost him to come to him and bring him aid. He shows up, he tends to his wounds, and he applies oil and wine to his wounds and then loads him up on his animal. It wasn't a flying, talking donkey, but it was some type of animal, and then leads him to an inn where he continues to take care of him. And then he tells the innkeeper, hey, I'm going to continue on my journey but here's some money for you to continue to care for this man. And when I come back through, if he's accumulated any other cost, I'll cover that as well. And then the Samaritan continues on his journey. And what we see is the Samaritan does this simply because this traveler was his neighbor. And he loved his neighbor. He loved the people of his city, regardless of how they might have felt towards 
him. And so what I want us to do tonight is we're actually going to take this story and I want to look at two very specific parts of it and help us understand how to love others well. And the first one we see is this, is we get this warning specifically from the priest and the Levite. And what we learn is that there's always some kind of excuse for us. So to let you know, both the priest and the Levite, these were people who studied the word of God. They had studied the Old Testament. They worked in the temple. There were men who were seen as um, important in the community, those who were expected to be super Christians, if you would. And what we see is when they come up to a situation to care for someone, they step aside. They avoid the responsibility to care for those who are hurting. And so here's just a couple excuses that they might have given, because oftentimes I think the priest and the Levite get kind of a bad rap, and they're just seen as, instead of super spiritual, super jerks. But here's some of the excuses that might have been given. This road is too dangerous for me to stop and help this man. He might be a decoy for an ambush. I've got to get home and see my family. I don't know first aid. I'm only one person. This job is too big. He never asked for help. My personal favorite, I can pray for him. But here's what, there's a pastor, his name's Charles Spurgeon. He said this, I never knew a man refuse to help the poor who failed to give at least one admirable excuse. The truth is for you and for me as We're called to love people. Oftentimes, we can come up with these different excuses of, oh, I don't don't know enough. I don't know their situation. You can be driving down the road. There's, you know, you'll see people all the time with signs out, right, of, hey, need, uh, need money. God bless. When we were in Colorado, there was a very bold and honest guy who was like, need money for weed, please help. And I was like, honestly, respect the hustle. But it's like, right, we see these people all the time who like need help. We go to work and we're around people who, whether they would be honest to admit it or not, we know in the back of our head, hey, to some degree they need help. And we come up with all these different excuses as to, well, someone else can do it. Or I don't understand that situation. Or, hey, I've got my own stuff going on. But the warning is those excuses at the end of the day aren't good enough. It doesn't matter the excuse that we give because that's not the command. So we see this warning from the priest and the Levite. But what I want to spend our time on is actually the example we see from the Good Samaritan. And I love this because, again, Scripture would say when he comes upon the traveler, right? He's he's beaten, he's naked, he's bleeding in a road. And this Samaritan, it says, has compassion for him. And that specific phrase, we only see it two other times in Scripture. One is with Jesus on his ministry. He had just fed some people. He's moving through towns, and there's this large crowd that comes to him with their sick and their needy. And Scripture would say, and Jesus had compassion for them because he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. That same phrase is what we see of how Jesus feels to the hurting and the broken. 
And the, the only other time, excuse me, the only other time we see that in Scripture is a different parable of the prodigal son, where when the prodigal son is coming back and the father sees him from far off, Scripture would say, and he had compassion and ran to his son. That level of compassion is how the Samaritan feels towards this total stranger. That's the example we get of having compassion for people. And I don't know about you, but it's like, sometimes people go through things and you're like, I, I have no idea what to say. Like I'm, I'm a minister and there are some situations that come across my desk that I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna say here. And sometimes I will open my mouth and say the wrong thing, right? But what I found is the best thing is actually just shutting up and walking a mile with someone. Like, I don't have to know what it's like for my parents to have been divorced at a young age. I can just be present and walk with them. I don't have to know exactly what it's like for a family member to walk through cancer, but I can walk with a friend through it. I don't have to personally experience some type of mental health issue, whether that's depression or anxiety or some form of abuse, to be able to walk alongside someone who is processing that. But I can have compassion for them. I can walk a mile, not in their shoes, but walk a mile with them. And that's the compassion we see the Good Samaritan offering out. The other thing we see is this. We see him applying oil and wine. And you're like, Sloan, that's a really minor detail in the passage. And what I love is Jesus loves to work in the details. So in Jewish culture, the wine would be used as a cleansing agent. Think of like rubbing alcohol, right? So when the Good Samaritan comes to him and applies wine, it's to clean out these man's, the the wounds this man has. But the oil its specific purpose is to bring comfort. Think of a uh, street legal version of morphine. So the Samaritan does not just come to clean up this man's wound, but also to comfort him. That for you and I, when we come across situations of people wounded and people in need, it's not just fixing the problem, it's bringing care and compassion with it. That level of care, that level of love towards another person and empathizing with them. And then the other thing we see is the Good Samaritan having to make a personal sacrifice. So he puts him on his animal. There's a reason that the Good Samaritan has an animal because that journey is not a short one. But he puts him on his own animal to take him to an inn and give his own money to care for this man, to give his own time, which in our culture today, right, we're, we're a slave to our schedule, right? I don't know about you, I have like on my phone calendar, not only do I have, here's my event, I'm the one who uses the reminders to say, hey, here's the hour before your event, and then, hey, here's the time you need to leave, and if you're not in the car right now, you're gonna be late. And what we see is this Samaritan, he throws all that out the window. Instead, he's focused on what's right in front of him. And more importantly, who is right in front of him. Not thinking about, oh, here's what I need to do in a couple hours, or here's what I need to do tomorrow. 
but thinking who is right in front of me right now that needs help. And that's the example we get from the Good Samaritan. And here's how Jesus concludes this. When Jesus finishes telling this parable, he asks the lawyer, he says, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. You go and do likewise. So with the question, how do we love others well? And more importantly, how do we love strangers well? Give us four things. We meet them where they are. We meet them where they are, and that can look busted up sometimes. You meet some people that they are at wit's end, whether that's mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. They're hanging on by a rope. And that's where you meet them. The other one we see is we provide both care and comfort. There's a reality that at times we speak in with truth of here's the situation, but we also speak with love and grace in there. It's not just enough to give facts about a situation, but to evaluate the situation on how you present it how you love people where they're at. The third one is we go the extra mile, and that can be hard. That can be costly, time, financially, emotional capital. It's not easy to give that extra little bit to someone every time. But that's the example we see here from Jesus. And then the fourth one is we show mercy and compassion. We show mercy and compassion. And you would ask yourself, well, why do we do that? There's two reasons why. And the first one is this, is that sometimes we, on our journey of life, end up being the traveler going from Jerusalem to Jericho. We end up being on a road by ourselves that we should not be on. And we get jumped by life by situations, by circumstances. And we end up beaten, bruised, and bleeding in the dirt. And it sucks. It does. There are some situations that you end up in a mess and you don't know how you're going to get out of it. And the truth is, you're not going to get out of it on your own. It's been situations where you've ended up in the dirt and some good Samaritan has come along the way to find you and take care of you. I've had very good friends who have shown up when I've been a complete idiot. And they have shown up when they're the ones who have been a complete idiot. There's been times where I have found them busted up, arrested, and confused, and when everyone else has walked out the door, me and two buddies are walking in to set with them. Because at some point we all end up laying in the road hurt by sin, and we need someone to come help us. That's the first reason why we do this. 
But the second and probably most important reason is because that's exactly what Jesus did. That you and I, due to sin, have found ourselves beaten and dying in a road, and there's no hope out. And like the Samaritan, Jesus comes in as the outsider, hated by everybody else, who comes and rescues you and me. He shows up and he cares for us. He sacrifices for us. He walks us to a place of healing. He cares for us. And he doesn't just pay a little bit extra for someone to care for us, but he actually pays the ultimate price to care for you and for me. And that's who we get to worship and celebrate. That's who fuels our love for other people. So when we love strangers, when we love others, we're actually modeling the love that Jesus showed for us. Because the Bible would say that while we were still sinners, while we were still outcasts and enemies, that's when God loved and died for you and for me. And so that's where I want us to land, is this simple thing. Is why do we love others? Why do we love strangers? Because we were the neighbor and Jesus loved us, allowing us to love them back. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for these men and women. God, I thank you for the truth of your word. That you have empowered and freed us to love people because you desire mercy. You desire, you desire to see the broken cared for. You desire to see the hurting comforted. And you have equipped and called each of us as believers to be that for a broken and hurting world. God, for those of us in here who find ourselves as a traveler in the dirt, I ask that they would find comfort here tonight, that they would find community to pick them up and care for them. God, for those who have found themselves as the priest or Levite who've been making excuses, they would be drawn into the light and be reminded of your goodness and your love that you've given to each and every one of us. that you are more than just the good Samaritan, you're the good shepherd. And that you come and you care for each and every one of us when we need you. God, we always need you. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Gathering Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to get connected with us, text GATHERING to 77978. Or follow us on Instagram at cottonwood underscore YA. That's cottonwood underscore YA. We'll see you next time.